How's it going, everybody? It's Robert and Austin with Gas Money. And on today's episode of the podcast, we're going to be giving you guys an update. Um, we know it's been quite a while. Um, it's currently, I think, January, January 12th, I believe. And it's been since April 9th of 2021. So it's uh, it's been about eight months since we've uh, last done this podcast update series. So we've got a lot to update you guys on. So um, as you guys know, I'm currently a sophomore at Florida State in my second semester. So I'm down in Florida. Austin's uh, up in Michigan working gas money with me. So he's in Michigan right now. So we're doing it over Zoom, the, uh, the good old, not old fashioned way, but the good new way of uh, doing these podcasts. So we're looking forward to when we can start doing them in person more once I'm back home, but this is uh, this is what we're dealing with now. So how's it going, Mr. Parasu? Glad to have you on. It's going good. Glad to be back. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Glad to be back. Back on the mic. Had to blow the dust off a little bit. We were talking about it earlier. It's been it's been a minute, but at the same time, um, we've had a lot of things going on. Uh, you know, we even were, were talking about just before this, like, when was the last time we did one of these update things? And it has been quite a while. So we were like, wow, we, we do have a lot to talk about. Um, I don't know if you want to start just like when we were in the summer, Rob, and then well, yeah. going into like the busiest time, basically, and then explain how that was. Yeah. So basically, um, if you haven't listened to any of the podcasts before this and you want to learn our story, um, we have a series called How We Started. There's three episodes in that series. And the last one that we released was um, April 9th, I believe, of 2021. And basically that just talked about our story with gas money, um, what we've done so far, um, what our goals were. And yeah, there's been quite a gap in that series. So um, this will probably be a new series where we just do uh, monthly updates on gas money. Um, tell you guys about how everything is gone. But the purpose of this episode will be to catch you up up until today and what our goals are for the future. So I guess to kind of start out, um, back in April 2021, um, we were still in the in the stages of developing the gas money app. We hadn't yet thought of releasing it to the public. Um, there were still a lot of bugs and stuff to work out. And we also hadn't announced it to anybody except like close friends and family. So um, we knew when we first started um, developing the app in late 2020 that it was going to take a while but once we got to April we kind of realized it was going to be a lot longer than we expected um, just because app development is a pretty complicated process um, we were working with that company out in California um, great company great CEO they're super communicative communicative with us but at the same time there's a lot of bugs that come up when you're doing um, app development so Basically, when we were going into the late spring, early summer, we kind of were forced into the manual process that we had done the two years before um, that we wanted to get away from, but we kind of had no other option than to do that because um, that was our only source of revenue. So um, kind of going from April going into the summer, we did the same plan. Um, we started um, talking to our friends like, hey, you guys ready to work this summer? A lot of them were on board. Um, not as many as the year before. Um, we did find we lost a lot of workers. But we also gained many new, uh, more productive workers in the process who had better equipment and were um, willing, willing to grind more. So that was good. Um, it ended up working out good for us. But I guess to give you guys the, uh, the big summary for the summer of 2021, um, we pretty much, Austin and I worked every day. Um, every night we'd come home, do the sheets, um, handle calls, everything like that. But at the same time, we also uh, did a lot of research and uh, um, bug testing, everything with the app trying to make sure we could get it out as quick as possible. So um, that was pretty much what we did throughout the summer. Um, had a pretty successful year too. I'd say uh, definitely did better than 2020. Um, 2021, we did make a lot of progress. Uh, most of the revenue we got was from lawn mowing, um, just 
just that steady grind of something that you can get guaranteed income every one week, every two weeks, every month. So we did a lot of that. Um, a lot of our friends still are uh, happy to be on board. But the whole time we were doing it, we had in the back of our heads like, man, I really wish this app can come out so we can just transfer everybody over, um, get rid of this manual process and automate everything. So um, Austin, if you want to kind of go into yeah. kind of the next steps we took from there. Yeah, yeah. And to go back to um, what you were talking about, too, I think just to like repeat what you were saying um, about, you know, first of all, uh, being an entrepreneur, there's a lot of things that you run into that you don't realize like that's that's the next step or that's what you have to do. And you didn't realize that these were the things that you had to do or you had to do way more than you expected. And I think I obviously we've had and we're going to go into it in a little bit in this podcast, but we've had plenty of those things throughout 2020 um, just kind of slap us across the face and just kind of wake us up a little bit and, and showing us that it, this is not an easy way. This is not an easy thing to do. Um, and I think for the listeners, that's that's really what we're trying to. Um, that's why we want to be as transparent as possible, uh, especially talking about the last year, because it's been there's been a lot of change and also not as much change as, as we wanted, I guess you could say, going into 2021. Um, we, I even remember talking to you, Rob, you probably remember this too, uh, coming into the spring of 2021, we had in, we obviously, we love to make big goals, but one of our biggest goals was to not even work la the labor side as much as we did the prior year. And yeah. What's pretty crazy to me is I actually, obviously Rob, you know, he, uh, by the, in the fall, he was able to go back to school, but, um, personally, I think we, we might've worked almost more than we did in the prior year. We worked, we worked a lot, um, with Definitely. the labor side and, uh, which is, it's, it's completely fine. Obviously, um, there's, we, we learned through that. Like we realized, you know, there was definitely either some things that we weren't doing either fast enough. And also it comes down to a lot of things that we didn't know that we were supposed to be doing at the time to try and accelerate that process. And also how time is, is really crazy. Like it, it actually kind of Gary V references uh, that stuff a lot, like how long things actually take, um, you know, to be, to be successful, to be great. So um, I patience. think, yeah, yeah. Patience is what it's all about. And that's, <laughs> we're learning that the hard yeah. way because I think both of us really, um, do struggle. I personally, I struggle with patience a lot, but um, this process, these past, uh, actually coming up on two years, um, have really been an eye opener on on how patient you have to be with a process like this. But um, kind of going into where Rob left off, uh, you know, going through the summer, um, you know, basically picking up as many jobs or more jobs than we had to do the prior year because, like you said, we we lost quite a few workers, um, and it wasn't any, you know, there's no bad blood or anything. Uh, it was just, it came down to, uh, either through the prior winter and through the spring, you know, they need to make, they needed to make money. Um, so obviously everything slows down with a, a service company that doesn't, um, you know, offer as many services as we would like as of right now. So a lot of our services through the winter and up until the spring are still outdoor and a lot has to do with, you know, snow removal, and uh, things in the cold, and you can't, a lot of things slow down um, for outdoor companies in, in the, the winter. So, um, you know, those people needed to make money, uh, those students and those young people. So we don't blame them. You know, they, they either found new jobs or found different paths. Um, 
but I think the biggest thing too, for them, uh, I, I truly believe, you know, looking back at a lot of these guys, when they first got on with us, I think they learned a ton. Um, I think they grew like as people. And I, I, that's our biggest thing, Rob and I like, um, and I think any other entrepreneur that starts a business, like if you don't impact the people that are working along alongside you, like that, that's so much more of a hardship, like feeling instead of just like losing money or the company going under, like it would literally, it just feels that much better. It feels even better to have, um, you know, to impact all those people instead of having, you know, the best revenue year of your life. But if you could impact everybody in a positive way, that's even better. Um, so that, that's, I think that's what made me, um, you know, still feel good about it. And then also getting, uh, like Rob also mentioned, you know, having those other people that joined us, um, really hard workers and, and great new people that, that we were able to meet through this process. But, um, so now, you know, going back through, uh, to where we, where he left off, you know, coming into through the, the, cause we were still developing the app we had to do, I mean, I guess if you want to reference the, uh, the test sheet and all that, like how many bugs yeah, there so was... we were ex the, like the expectations of how many bugs compared to how many there actually were like explain that. Yeah. So basically um, anytime you develop an app, obviously you're going to have to do um, trial and error because it's not going to be perfect. 99%, uh, maybe even hundred percent of the time, there's going to be something that doesn't work with the app, something that um, you want to change, maybe the wording of something. And basically um, once the app, the MVP um, version of it, the most viable product version, which um, we've explained in previous episodes, it's basically um, smart people terminology for the earliest version of an app. It works end to end. You can use the app good, but there's still a lot of upgrades to come. And that's exactly what the gas money is app is now and what it was then. So when we were going through this testing phase, there was about, I think they told us maybe around 50 to 75 um, 75 marks that we could put down uh, different issues that we wanted to change, different bugs that come up. Um, stuff like that so um, what we did was the first week um, that we got that that notice to start going through looking for bugs um, I think we we definitely surpassed the 50 mark maybe even this button the right page um, maybe this one word needs to be capitalized literally like any little adjustment you need to make, that's another line on the Google spreadsheet that we uh, made an adjustment for. So as we kept on going throughout this process, um, it'd basically be, we'd review the app, look for bugs. Um, we'd let the dev team know by writing it down on a spreadsheet. They'd try and correct that bug. And then we'd go look at the bug again and see if it was corrected. So I think over the course of everything, we probably went through this process about four or five times, maybe six, maybe seven. When at first we were expecting, okay, we're going to make a list. We're going to tell them what we need fixed. It'll get fixed and then we'll be able to launch. So uh, I think this kind of started happening maybe June, maybe maybe early July, where we started doing the testing for everything. Mm -hmm. And like Austin said, it was kind of crazy. Like we, we had that expectation of 50 to 75 bugs that would come up and ended up being closer to like 150, 175 um, yeah. throughout the whole process. So at first, it was very discouraging to us, um, primarily just because we weren't that experienced with the app development world. Um, I mean, both of us had these high expectations at first, like, hey, we're about to get this app done by a super professional company. We had no idea going into it that there was going to be um, bugs and that that was normal. Like, I took a couple coding classes in high school. Very hard, by the way. Um, I respect 
the hell out of anybody who decides to do coding or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, like it's kind of hard to wrap your head around how many issues can come up and it's not really um, the developer's fault. So as we were going through, these issues kept coming up. We would send them to developers. Most of the time they'd be fixed, but when they got fixed, then other issues would come up as a result of the fixes that were caused. So I guess to give you guys a, a long story, pretty much shortened. Um, there was a lot of issues that we came across. Um, and each time a new one came up, it kind of came in the back of our heads like, man, like, are these ever going to stop? Are we ever going to be able to get the app out? Because if you remember correctly, um, at first we thought the app was going to launch in March 2021. Um, and the last time we did the podcast, which was April, um, we still thought we were very close to having it launched on the app stores. And once we got to June, July, um, early August, we kind of realized like, yeah, that that goal is way too early. Um, if we want to launch this app and make sure it's perfectly good, we're going to have to set a goal of at least as far back as September. And that's exactly mm -hmm. what we did. So um, as September came up, we were starting to get into the leaf cleanups and everything, you know, seasons are starting to change. I'm getting ready to go back to college. All we wanted was that app to come out. So finally, um, the dev team was able to get it ready to go. Um, we, we had gone through all the bugs. We decided, yes, it's able to work on the end. We're ready to launch it. And I believe um, it was early September. I know we should know this, um, the official date of launch, because kind of how it works, if you guys have launched apps before, you have to go through an approval process on both the Apple App Store and the Android App Store. So I know we got approved for the Android App Store very quick. It was like a couple of days, maybe not even that. I um, think, when, yeah, I, th I think it was like, it was either the first week or the second week when we were approved on both stores it it was i mean with with the i think we covered it a little bit when we talked to carter um in a yeah. prior podcast definitely go check that out that's a great one um you know this guy just a little background on him i mean he basically built his app all on his own and he learned how to code it at the same time it's a really cool podcast but um anyway what i was going to say i mean like with with the the google play store i mean it's almost like you can post and we kind of went into this kind of knowing um you know the background of the google play store like there's a lot of apps on there that really shouldn't be on there because they're either just either so bad or it's just um you know it's, it, it's almost like anybody can post on there so we weren't really worried about that but then we also didn't realize at the time too you know exactly like our expectations were so high with, um, you know, how well the app was going to work at first, even through the testing process that didn't work out as well, got through that. But then once we were like, okay, I think it's ready. You know, we did a bunch of live testing just with ourselves and with friends and family. Um, and it was working, you know, almost, almost to the T that we wanted it to. And so we were like, okay, we're ready. And I mean, we, I think we got denied by the Apple app store, like two or three times. Um, yeah. And we were obviously extremely fortunate um, with, ha you know, having a company behind us uh, that's, you know, a professional in that field that they kind of know, you know, what you got to fix, what you have to adjust um, in order to be approved on the Apple app store. But um, that was another huge eye opener, I think for both of us. Uh, that we didn't realize that it was like that strict um, to be able to post on there, uh, which is, I mean, obviously that's a good thing. You know, they, they want high quality things um, on their marketplace. And so it just, it makes you uh, kind of another um, not philosophical thing, but just like a motivational thing. Um, you know, once you get through struggles like this, you know, obviously it's really easy to get discouraged. There was definitely plenty of times we had conversations that, you know, we were just 
it was all about just trying to stay optimistic. I mean, that was the biggest thing I think for us, it was like, it's okay. We're just going to trust the process. And obviously there's going to be times where it's really difficult to trust the process, but once you're able to put yourself in that mindset that you can, you know, you've gotten through a bunch of things in, in the past couple of months, the past year, whatever, to get to the point that you're at, you know, just remember why you started, remember why you got through those things, why not get through the next hurdle and jump over the next hurdle. So, um, and that, that's the best feeling at the end, you know, when we were finally accepted, I think it was, like I said, the first or second week of September, finally, um, you know, we give so much credit to uh, the development team because, you know, we, we obviously were, we were going back and forth, you know, they were trying to give us maybe like an estimation of when they think that we could have it up, but obviously they, they don't know either because they don't know what's going to break, um, you know, when, when we can get accepted, what we have to fix. So it's really difficult for them too on the development side to know um, answers for that. So that was obviously another thing, kind of living with the unknown that we had to really um, learn to do. And that's, that's where a lot of the patients came in. Having a ton of patients in, the, in those points in life um, can really help you like get through that stuff. So, you know, finally able uh, to get it on there, get it live. Um, and then this is where the fun part started. Uh, if you want to go into that and doing the announcement and then, you know, what happened after that? Yeah. So basically, um, obviously both Austin and I had already tested the app a lot. We were super, super stoked to uh, finally announce that we had the post ready for uh, at least a couple of weeks before just waiting for for the approval from the dev team to announce it and everything to start getting downloads. And um, as soon as we were ready to launch it, um, the first thing we did was we got a couple of our friends that had worked with us throughout the summer to go ahead and download it first, make accounts. So that way when people go on there, um, there's not uh, a lack of contractors. They'll have actual contractors to hire and everything. So um, we got them on there. They were all ready to go. And then we, uh, we made the big announcement. Um, I believe we, um, we created a little 30 second video that we posted on Facebook, kind of just showing the basics of the app, um, basically saying, hey, this is this cool new app we're launching right here in Genesee County, um, where you can hire local students in your area to do work such as lawn care, landscaping, home maintenance, um, a ton of different things like that. And the best part is um, they're all working as their own boss. Um, mm -hmm. So whenever you want them to come out, you get to communicate directly with that contractor. Um, once they come out to your house, they do the job, hopefully they do a good job, then you can just pay them right through the app. And um, basically, we made this announcement and everything. Um, in our heads, we had already understood the app a lot, but we kind of failed to realize that a lot of our clients were so used to just giving us a phone call, hey, get me out there, um, expecting us to come out there, um, just paying us cash or um, check or anything like that. They were stuck in kind of that traditional manner that right. we ended up getting really good responses from people, a lot of excitement, but it wasn't necessarily the big, huge um, aha moment that we had expected where everybody that was a client downloaded it. That wasn't the case. Um, I believe at first, um, obviously we got quite a few downloads. I think we, we got up to like 30, 40, um, maybe even 50 client downloads in the first week or first couple of days after announcement. Yeah. Um, we got a few new contractors um, who had worked with us before and also a couple that hadn't heard of us before, but were interested in working. And um, basically after that announcement, we'd start posting um, just a couple ads, like showcasing how to edit your profile, how to hire a contractor. Uh, everything like that. And the whole goal with these ads that we were posting was one, obviously to get people on the app, but also um, we kind of realized that we were these two kids um, from Davis, Michigan, a really small town, launching a brand new app on the app store. 
and we didn't really have much credibility behind it. I think we had like maybe eight or 10 reviews on the app store, uh, maybe a couple on the Android store. So to put ourselves in the client's shoes, if they hadn't heard from us before, if there was just somebody random on Facebook saying, hey, there's this company Gas Money saying they have this new app, but I looked at their profile and they only have like 500 likes on Facebook. Why should I download their app, you know? So in our heads, we already trusted ourselves. We trusted our app, but we kind of failed to realize um, that it was going to be a lot more difficult to win over the trust of the clients. And I think that was a big realization after the first couple of weeks because we didn't really get that huge um, support that we expected where all the clients wanted to go over to the app. And in fact, it was kind of reverse where a lot of the clients that we reached out to, um, we texted a lot of clients, we uh, sent, sent out messages on Facebook, um, even called a lot of clients just telling them about the app. And a lot of their responses was, um, yeah, that sounds really cool, but I think I'm just going to stick with the phone calls for now. And that kind of really got us thinking about, man, like, is this even going to work? So um, at that yeah. point, Obviously, we'd been excited. The excitement ended up building up. And then um, we finally got to launch, but it didn't take off like we expected. So um, I think we were kind of feeling the same. Like I was obviously super devastated at first because um, in my head, I had this vision. As soon as we released the app, there's going to be so many people flooding to it. It's going to market itself. Everybody's going to love it. Obviously, that was super wrong of me. Um, and I think Austin was thinking the same thing, too, just because like we had put all this time in the app, literally testing it out, using it for almost a year. And we were finally ready to get to the public. But we failed to remember that we've got to do a lot more work to win these people over. So, um, Austin, if you kind of want to go into yeah. how you were feeling and um, what we were what our thoughts were. Right, right for sure. Um, <clears throat> I think it goes back to a beautiful thing called wishful thinking um, mm -hmm. that that is such a solid like it's it's such a human trait and it's 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 honestly scary how hard it is to go around it and how to like think think realistically think logically but also still have dreams and goals because like when when the dreams and goals kind of overlap a little too much into the reality and the uh, the logic thinking the logical thinking that's where a lot of that, re, um, that wishful thinking comes in. And I think doing all of that work and, and going through and then getting it all to work um, for ourselves, that wishful thinking came in where, um, you know, we were like, hey, this is working for us. Um, that we basically, we started this whole process to automate the, the behind the scenes process that we had in the past, the, you know, the invoices, the scheduling, the communication, all of those things that we, we put into the app and we put all the time and effort and money um, to develop that. And so, you know, we built this great thing and we were like, this is awesome. You know, this is really going to get out there. And uh, I mean, in our heads, we were like, this is going to be amazing, an amazing thing, not just for us, but for everybody that wants to work with our company or hire our company. Um, and I think then a little bit went out the window for both of us. I mean, me, you know, me, uh, personally, it went out the window of thinking, okay, the, the, the truth's in it, like a lot of our uh, clientele, you know, a lot of them are older folks or, you know, 50, 60, sometimes 70, sometimes 80 plus people. Um, and I mean, especially in our area, I mean, I don't know who's listening, you know, in different places, like maybe Florida, I know there's a lot of older, uh, older generation, but, um, or California or Texas, places like that, where people are 
maybe a little bit more along than than people in different areas um, with technology, and that are that are not as as scared um, of using it and you know putting either their information out there or their credit card information out there, um, and, and thinking that essentially it's it has the potential to get stolen. Um, so all of these things, it, it just kind of like rushed to us after the first probably month um, of putting it out there where we were like, okay, now we got to take ourselves out of our shoes and really put it into the shoes of, of the people that are actually going to be using this. Um, I think that might've been one of our uh, biggest personal failures is, is just kind of staying in, in our heads instead of really like um, only thinking about uh, the, the customers at large. And I think from a business perspective, the only way that you can really have a successful business is if you put the, the customer first. And, and we kind of have a, a two-sided customer base where it would be the workers, the contractors, and the clients that are going to hire the contractors, both that would be using the software. Um, and and we, we were very, very fortunate to get a lot of feedback. I guess not necessarily a lot, but a lot from um, the area that we're in. And a lot of it, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but it's kind of a fortunate and a benefit thing in the end that a lot of it was kind of negative, um, you know, in, a, in the sense where a lot of people really didn't feel comfortable with it, didn't want to use it, or didn't see it as uh, much, much of a benefit that we saw it as. So that's what really um, put into our heads like, okay, now there's there's changes that need to be made and then we almost were were at a point where it wasn't that that it was like we were just completely stuck um we were trying to do a lot of things i mean we were putting up uh much more advertisements than we had ever done um you know putting things out there putting different resources out there for both contractors and clients um and figuring out different ways that we think that would help um everybody but in the end it, it, it just you know, wasn't, I guess, taking off as, as quick as we really expected while we were uh, in the building process and, and when we put it out there. Um, so going along a little bit further, uh, we were very fortunate to attract, um, you know, different things such as we, we were able to get in the newspaper um, in, in our local area, the Genesee County uh, newspaper, which goes out to uh, uh, I mean, I think it was like 100 to, people, yeah, like, yeah, like between 100 and 200,000 people, um, which was, we, we thought it was great. We were like, okay, this is going to be great publicity. Um, you know, we're going to get a lot of feedback from this, a lot of questions, um, and hopefully a lot of downloads and a lot of users. Um, that was also another thing that, that it really didn't help us as much as we expected. Uh, we were able to get... Um, the, the amazing opportunity. And we actually, that was our most recent po podcast and, and video we put up on our YouTube uh, to speak at Davison High School, where we both went to school and graduated from. And um, we were able to talk kind of uh, about our journey up to now, um, you know, going through this whole process and then, uh, you know, building the app. And then, and then also all of the things that we've learned um, from this process. And that was kind of the biggest part of that presentation is really showing people, first of all, like there's no age um, for anything. Like you can really do anything at any age. Um, and that, that also comes down to success. Obviously we weren't doing the success that we, we really wanted to, that we had the goals to, uh, to complete, but we were, um, you know, we still learned a bunch of things that we can use and to implement uh, into the next journey ahead 
um, in order to, to do that. So that's what we kind of wanted to pass along um, with, with that speech. And I think we, we did a really good job with that. But um, also with that being said, like all of these, I mean, you can look at all of these things as, as failures. Um, you know, failure is looked at as a big word with a lot of people and a very derogatory word with a lot of people. Um, I think that was one of our main points in, in the, the, that presentation and also in a lot of things that we've said on this podcast, you have to learn from those failures. I mean, Rob's most favorite quote, uh, you can say, I, I'm going to no mess mistakes it up. In, Yeah, no mistakes in life ever. It's only lessons. Um, it's a big, strong mm-hmm. quote. I know a lot of people have said it. There's a lot of been, been a lot of different contexts that's been said, but that's a very yeah. good quote when you think about failure. Yeah. And that's, you know, in order to, to continue, I mean, in order to keep going, I mean, if we wouldn't have learned, if we would have thought that all of those, all of these things that we just talked about, all of the setbacks, all the failures um, that we had in that short amount of time, and we just looked at that as, as negative, um, I really don't think that we would have kept going, honestly, like to be completely honest and, and super transparent about that, because it was such a different, um, different view, a different reality than we were expecting. Uh, and that, that comes down to like, we keep talking about the expectations that we had um, and in entrepreneurship, I, I think expectations, they're, they're definitely big expectations kind of go along with goals, um, but you can't really expect anything from anybody. So it like really comes down to learning and learning from those failures. And then uh, you can implement that back into your company to then grow, but it's just about continuing through those failures. So. Exactly. And I think a big part, um, like you mentioned, the expectations, I think from that time when we first launched in September up until December, when we did that presentation, um, I think for those those three, three and a half months, we really had the expectation that when we put out these ads, our clients would see the ads and do what we basically told them. I mean, that's pretty much what a lot of companies do with advertising. And that's pretty much what we were doing. We were putting out there, hey, we're, uh, we're two local students. Um, local graduates from uh, from Davison High School. We just made this awesome new app. Um, we think you should download it for these reasons. Um, it's easy to use. You can get in touch with local students in your area. You can get yard work done very easily, very affordable. But the way we worded the advertisements was almost as if we were um, not necessarily telling the clients to download it, but it was very obvious that um, we were just putting that on their page because we wanted them to download our app. And I mean, that's how a lot of advertisements work. But as we started going through all these advertisements, posting on social media, doing updates, everything like that, um, and we didn't get the response that we wanted, we kind of began to realize like, all right, we, we've got to change our game plan because we're putting out these advertisements, explaining everything the app can do, explaining all the benefits of the app, and we're still not getting that, that traffic that we need. And I think the three months um, from September to December, um, that period, we, we maybe only got like... I think probably only 150, 200 total downloads um, mm-hmm. from that period, just combined app store and app Android store. And that was very low compared to what our expectations were. And a lot of the downloads were former clients that we had. Um, I think the client list from the manual process was up to like 350 clients. So um, we were able to get quite a lot of clients on um, that had been like original clients that liked us. But once they made their account, um, they didn't really go from there that much. So that's kind of when we started getting a different view on everything and saying, hey, maybe instead of telling people to download our app, um, putting these advertisements out and um, acting like we're a big company when we're, we're really not. Um, and I, I talked to Austin about this a lot too. 
But if I saw one of our advertisements on my page and whenever I see like a small business advertisement, usually I'll read over it. Um, sometimes I'm interested in it, might read about the company, but uh, more times than not, I'll just skip over it and keep scrolling. And I think that's what a lot of people did when they saw it. So um, one of our goals with Gas Money, as many of you know, is to make differences in the world, uh, mostly empowering young adults, um, changing their lives for the better, giving them advice. And that's kind of what led into the idea of going back to Davidson High School and doing that presentation that we did. Um, and like Austin said, if you haven't checked out that podcast, um, basically it's the auto re audio recording of that presentation. Um, it's super cool. And uh, I know we're kind of tooting our own horn here, but like we really want people to listen to that because that advice that we give in that presentation was truly life-changing. And the biggest part of that presentation that benefited us was not the 10 downloads that we got from the, the students that listened to us. Um, we even said at the beginning of the presentation and going into the presentation, we knew the goal with the presentation was not to spread gas money, was not to get these people to download it. We switched up our thinking, um, kind of using the law of attraction almost where, yeah, we'll give them a little information about gas money so that way they know we're not some random people. Um, they'll know we're, we graduated from the same high school as them. We were once in their same shoes. And we took an idea that we had and actually put that idea into reality, which was making an app. So um, no matter how hard of a failure um, the app was at first, we still had an app on the app store. And that was something that we wanted to share with people. And basically, when we did that presentation, we talked about five important lessons. And all of these lessons were things that we learned in our journey with gas money and things that we didn't learn in high school. And basically that's kind of the approach we started looking at gas money is instead of this company that just connects students with um, clients in the area who need jobs done, let's take the brand even further and let's make this brand about educating people, about empowering young adults, about changing the future. And really once we started doing that and um, we got the presentation together, um, everything was starting to fall into place. Like we were like, okay, now we have ourselves on the right track. Like. Once we give this presentation, um, we're actually impacting people. And one of the best things we said during that, that we both truly believe in is, as long as we can positively impact one person who listened to that presentation, then our goal has been accomplished. So that was mm -hmm. huge. And it was just super rewarding to give that presentation. It kind of showed us like, instead of telling people to download gas money and not offering a story behind the company, first, we got to tell them our story and let them understand that we're trying to make a positive difference in the world and we're not just trying to get more sales, more revenue. And um, Austin, if you kind of want to go into how our mindset started changing from there and how it's starting to change now even more. Yeah, yeah, and with that being said too, um, anybody that's out there listening or you know that sees this or you know even that doesn't see it and, and comes across gas money or something, the biggest thing that we, want want to tell you know either new entrepreneurs people that are interested in business people that have just started a business um it you know you're you're not you don't want to chase you know more revenue you don't want to chase more downloads you don't want to chase more customers um and that that's the i think the biggest thing obviously that that's that's almost like what we were doing with our ads that's what we were doing with calling you know calling uh contractors calling clients and reaching out to as many people as we could to just get them to download the app and get on there um instead of doing that and like rob said you know that switch that we had is let's show them more more about our mission more about what we're trying to do more about how we're trying to use this company uh to impact whoever uses it, whoever comes through our company, whoever works with us, 
um, and, and really we're, that we're trying to impact, we're trying to empower, uh, you know, young adults to, to build skills that we were able to build um, and to build experiences that we were able to, uh, to experience through this whole process. And still to this day, I mean, obviously any process, anything that we experience, um, we want to put out there and be as, as transparent as possible because um, if you if you really start out with just just trying to you know blow up or just trying to really you know build a big company like we were saying from the very beginning we just thought it was going to make this huge change that a lot of people were going to use it right away um and everything it really isn't going to come down to that you have to build your brand you have to put your mission out there and you have to um you know be be as honest and as you know transparent i keep saying that but you have to put that out there because that that is what's going to build uh, the backing and the credibility that your company needs in order to thrive. And, and that all of those things that I said that you shouldn't chase will follow. Um, exactly. And I think it really comes down. Yeah. Yeah. Ahead. I was going to say, it really comes down to selling yourself before you sell your product. And mm -hmm. um, because obviously any business is going to want to drive sales. You're going to want to go for revenue. You're going to want to go for app downloads. But if you only focus on that stuff before you actually tell your story to people and get people to understand you, they're not going to download a product that they don't understand. Um, every company usually has a mission. Uh, every company should have a mission. And if your mission doesn't mean anything to you and you don't talk about your mission to clients, then why would it mean anything to them? And why would they download your product? So that's kind of something we realized is, yes, it's important to, to chase revenue, to, uh, to go for more downloads, to try and make an impact as a business. But if you go for that stuff before you have credibility, before you understand your own mission, and before you use your mission to um, kind of explain your explain your purpose to people like why should you download the app not just you should download this app because you can use it um you want people when they're using your product to feel like um they're either part of a movement or they're they're making a positive change in the world and that's kind of what we realized with gas money is the whole reason we started this company was not to make money and still we everything that we make from the company, I know we've talked about this before, but every profit that we've gotten from the commissions that we take, everything has been reinvested back into the app because the more we can grow this app and the more we can upgrade it, the more youth can be positively impacted, the more jobs that can be completed. And um, overall, just the more people that we can impact, the better. And I think mm -hmm. that's a lot of a lot of times what companies seem to miss out on, um, including us, is we, uh, we kind of jumped the gun um, when we started doing the advertisements and stuff, and we kind of missed the part where we were supposed to give background about our company and um, really give our story out there to people and tell people about what we want to do with this company instead of just being another another app to download. Right. Um, that, that actually makes me think of, uh, I, I was looking through LinkedIn today and I saw um, Gary V posted, I, obviously this guy, kind of a controversial guy, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, um, you know, some people just like, you know, eat, sleep and uh, breathe Gary V's content and everything, which he has great content and everything. Um, you know, there's obviously extremes, but uh, a quote that he said today, I think it goes along the lines of um, a lot of people are complaining about not making enough sales, but a lot of those people don't believe in what they sell, don't believe in what they're selling um, or, or don't take the time to, um, and this is kind of me adding to the quote, but, or don't take the time to make the people believe or not, not even make the people believe, but like explain their beliefs in their own company and what they're trying to do with the company before, um, you know, they ask somebody to, uh, for a sale or for a download or for them to use their own company. So, um, 
I think if that's, I, if you can take whatever from this whole spiel that we've been talking about with, um, you know, a little switch in our heads that we've had to take uh, from those failures um, that we had this year is just, uh, you know, really believe and really have that. Obviously, if you're an entrepreneur and you're starting a business, you believe in what you're selling. Um, I hope unless you're, you know, scamming or something, but um, really believe in that and then put that out there as much as you possibly can. Um, that belief in your company and, and add that credibility, that branding. Um, and you can really, you know, do as much as you want with your company. If you can make people believe uh, that you believe as much as they can. Um, exactly. And um, yeah, that's, that's a super great point. And um, I guess to kind of go on from where we were with the presentation, um, once we started developing that mindset and everything, um, we were super stoked. Um, we kind of realized like, Hey, we're going to change the way we're doing things. Um, we're going to start educating people about gas money, um, and everything like that. And as that was coming up, um, it was obviously December, um, the holidays are starting to come up and stuff. And we kind of reached, um, not a standstill, but we, we reached a point where we were being very, um, unproductive in terms of what we could have been doing. And a lot of that was caused by, um, I had final exams um, the week before we did that presentation at the high school. Right after that, I actually got my tonsils out, which um, is actually a pretty big surgery um, since they were, they were actually pretty big. Um, for any of you that don't know me, I was uh, having a lot of snoring issues and uh, I basically had sleep apnea because my tonsils were so big. So um, when I got these tonsils out, it was like a week after we did that presentation. I was out for like a week and a half, two weeks, or I couldn't really do anything. And at the same time, it was the holidays. Um, we were all seeing our family, all seeing our friends. And to be honest with you guys, like we kind of reached a standstill where um, we post an ad here and there. Um, we try and incorporate our mission into the ads. We try and kind of explain what we were doing with gas money into the ads, but we definitely didn't see much growth at all. Um, I think there was a spike when we did the presentation, there was about um, 10, 12 new downloads on both stores. But after that, we really didn't get many more downloads or anything, even with advertising. And mm -hmm. Christmas, um, the Christmas time, the holiday season definitely went by in a blur. So once January 1st hit, we, um, we kind of got in this mindset, like, okay, we've got to make a difference. And basically, when I was out in December um, with my tonsils and everything, Austin and I kind of had this plan like, okay, if we're really able to turn this advertising around, then we should make a goal of getting all of our clients um, onto the app by the end of the shoveling season, which is usually late March, early April. And so basically we're giving ourselves um, three months, three and a half months to get all of our clients and any new client that wanted to use gas money fully onto the app. And our plan was also to get rid of the phones. Um, so basically, we were going to have it where nobody could call gas money anymore. We wanted everything fully automated. And I know that sounds like a very, very big change. And at the time, we knew it was a big change. But we were thinking in our heads, like, this is a necessary change in order to keep on growing and to keep on um, spreading to new counties. Because it is honestly pretty time consuming doing the phones, um, doing the spreadsheets, um, helping the contractors connect the clients when they're um, doing it over the phone. So we really wanted to get away from the phone process, but that was a big mistake on our part because we realized that a lot of the revenue that we had was from the clients calling us on the phones. And as much as we wanted to ignore the fact that that was our main source of revenue, we kind of had to come to terms with the idea that if we were going to take all these clients onto the app and basically force them over, we were probably going to lose a lot of those clients. And 
it was a really tough uh, couple of days, couple of weeks where we were really thinking about like, are we ready to do this? Um, should we do this? Um, what are we going to do with the clients who don't have access to technology? We don't want to just leave them in the dust. We want to make sure that everybody has a way to get onto the app and use this new system. And I think the first person that we talked to about it was actually Austin's Ann and Nat. Um, we kind of talked to her about where we were, how we wanted to start getting everybody over the app and how we had that deadline of early April. And she kind of hit us with the, not necessarily a wake up call, but she kind of gave us her point of view. Um, being somebody who's older, I think um, probably our parents' age, um, mm -hmm. just about how much of a change it is to go from talking over the phone to downloading this app on your phone, especially for older people who aren't really tech savvy. So um, if you kind of want to go into that conversation we had with her. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, we, we mentioned that. And to go back even a little bit further, we, we made the decision. We, we, uh, I think it was, what, when did we put out that, that post? Um, cause we yeah, put out was, a post actually. I think it was a, it was either the second or third week of December, um, where we made uh -huh. the post. And yeah. Yeah. So basically it was, it was one of those times, you know, where we, we love, you know, we love the fact of making big goals, making aggressive goals. Um, and we think that's the best way to grow, which it, which it really is. Um, and a lot of times when, when they're a little too aggressive, the growth comes from negativity and failure. Um, and I think that's, that's what we started to see. We started to see, uh, you know, a little bit of negative feedback from, from a post like that, basically giving, you know, almost like a deadline uh, for, for all clients to, to get on there. And that's going to be the only way that they can uh, hire our company. Um, and we were kind of almost not necessarily taking it as a grain of salt, um, those negative, we were trying to help those clients as much as possible. I mean, we were contacting them, um, you know, those people, some people were contacting us, um, and we were just, you know, trying to explain it as much as we possibly could, but it really wasn't working. Um, and, and we realized, I mean, we, we looked at the data, I think, it, and that was one of the things Annette was talking about. The data doesn't lie. Numbers never, ever lie. Um, and I think it was like 25 to 30% or something was realistically like transferred over to the app. And, uh, you know, that, that 70 to 80% that was not on there. I mean, that was, that was essentially, um, in the worst way possible, like, like the most unideal situation that would just be lost revenue for us and lost resources. Um, and we definitely are, uh, we're at a point and we're still at a point where resources for any startup, I, I mean, not just us, but any startup resources are, I think the most, um, not beneficial, but the most crucial thing to have uh, to keep going, to keep, to keep growing, to keep, uh, especially with, with an app to keep developing new things, um, to make it better. You need resources for that. You need capital and you need, uh, people on the app and using it to, to generate revenue. So, you know, that, that was a big realization in this phone call when we kind of gave her, you know, the data that we saw and, um, she gave us a very good take, uh, kind of from that older generate, not necessarily older generation. Sorry, Annette, if you're watching this, but, the generation where um, is still pretty uh, skeptical on technology, and she's you know kind of in in that in between where she knows a lot of people that would be, and even herself at times she said um, that she had some struggles with the app or just struggles um, with different softwares that she's used, and just wants to pick up the phone and you know schedule an appointment, 
And so it really made us think, I mean, and she brought up some amazing points and thanks so much for this. If you're listening in Annette. but um, basically the, I think the biggest point that she brought up is how, if we can somehow integrate a system where we can still either pick up the phone or be contacted in a semi-traditional way uh, to, to hire our company and for us to input that in some way um, to still get to our contractors, that might be, I mean, that, that realistically was the only way that we were going to keep that 70 to 80% of the clients that, that were either reluctant or just didn't want any part of, uh, of using a software um, like the gas money app. So um, after this phone call, I mean, what, was there anything else? I mean, that was kind of the biggest thing I think we took from that phone call, but did you have anything yeah, that else was, to mention? Yeah, that was the main thing for that phone call. And um, like I said earlier, it was um, kind of a wake up call to us, like that instead of ditching all these clients, um, and I know ditching is kind of a, uh, of a negative, negative connotation, but when we really thought about it, that's kind of what we were doing. Um, obviously, we we're going to have plans in place to help them transition over. But I mean, if we make a deadline and say everybody has to be on the app by this time, then obviously we're going to lose a lot of our client base. And mm -hmm. um, talking with Ann and that Austin's aunt really helped us realize that um, we had a lot of features that we needed to add to the app, especially like you said, um, keeping the calls open. Um, we had a lot of features that we had for contractors too, making it easier for them to schedule. Um, basically a big list of things that'll help the app. But if we don't have that revenue, then how are we going to keep the app alive and how are we going to get these features out there? So we kind of reached a realization that if we want to continue gas money, we want to continue this app and make it better. Um, we're going to have to have a way for people to keep calling us. So that way we can keep the clients that um, just give us a call on the phone and we send somebody out there for them. So um, right. definitely that was it. That was a huge call and a, a huge uh, almost turning point for us. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I mean, right after that, I think we were on the phone for over an hour for sure. I mean, that's yeah. normally what happens. I mean, when we have any kind of meeting with uh, one of our mentors or with um, somebody that, you know, really, really twists our mind a little bit to make us think that much harder um, on the decisions that we either didn't know that we were going to have to make or uh, on things that we realized that it was very crucial to make. Um, and I mean, we talked a lot about it. It was, uh, and I think it really came down to, so if anybody, if there's any contractors out there that has worked with gas money so far, um, you know, with the offline uh, way that um, clients can contact us and contractors can get those jobs, we used a uh, software called When I Work. I think we've talked about it maybe in the one of the past podcasts, but yeah. um, we use this software. It's a scheduling software that um, we used it in a way where we would post to the op open shifts on there. So any job that would come in on the phone, um, we would basically get all the information, uh, the client information, the job description, and we would send it out there to the, the contractors. They could pick it up and then we would uh, contact that client when the contractor wanted to come out there and they would be out there, get paid either uh, over the phone um, with a credit or debit card or just use our invoice system uh, in our paper process that we talked about, um, which essentially uh, the app automated all of that process. But obviously we were not at, at that point in, in the company financially and um, you know statistically to make the decision to completely cut that off. So I think one of the really biggest things that it made us realize, um, you know, now that we have the software, you can always tweak it to add certain things that, that, would, that would do that. So now 
I think one of our biggest goals for uh, 2022 is to, um, that, that was kind of on our list of new integrations. We were, were um, developing a new thing where we can put in um, calls, like, like whenever somebody calls, we can put in something that we can send out to the, the contractors all through one software. So we're not having to jump back and forth. Um, and I think that was kind of, I mean, almost a reason why like through from September when we launched the app, it really made us realize like we can't be jumping back and forth between softwares um, because it was almost more time consuming and more uh, of a, a hassle for us for in the back end as a company to be able to schedule on two different things, monitor two different things um, at one time instead of, you know, we built this software in order to take out that other thing. So why not just not necessarily take it all the way out, but now integrate it into our software. Um, so that that was just from that phone call. I mean, we were able to make those plans and uh, we're going to try to ex execute those, you know, as, as quick as possible from here on out. Um, yeah, and I exactly. mean, with the timeline out of, after that, where, uh, where are we at now? Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much getting close to uh, the next meeting we had, which was with our Austin's cousin, RJ. Um, I know we've talked about him in previous podcasts, but basically he's been a huge mentor to us, just like Austin's and Annette. Um, throughout the whole process of the app development and with gas money and everything. And um, he's in the tech field himself um, in a very high position in a tech security company. So he uh, he usually gives us very good advice, but he also keeps us on our feet. And uh, he uh, he's one of those guys who will tell you the truth, um, how it is. And if, if you don't like it, then um, that's your own fault because he's really um, trying to help you. And that's exactly how that call went with him is um, basically we kind of told him the same thing that we told Annette. Um, we kind of gave him the rundown in our situation where we had all these updates that we wanted to make to the app. So that way we didn't have to um, lose all these clients and move fully to the app or continue that hard process of both managing the app and managing that when I work system, which if we would have done that this summer, frankly, I don't think we would have grown at all um, much mm -hmm. past Genesee County because we have been so invested into the, uh, into the bookkeeping and everything. And even if we hired somebody, I mean, that's, that's just more money that we have to put into the resources to keep both these things running. So basically we kind of told RJ about this dilemma we had where we have all these features that we want to update where we'll have both the ability for people to call us and to download the app. That way we can keep the revenue that we got last year as well as more revenue. But at the same time, we're going to need money up front to get these features in because um, honestly, from that standstill we had once the app was launched, um, our revenue started going down quite a lot because obviously we're going into the fall and winter months. Um, there's leaf cleanups in the fall. That's the main service then. In the winter, there's snow removal. But I mean, it only snows like once a week at most. So in the winter months, it's usually pretty slow for us. So we kind of talked to RJ about our plans for upgrades, um, our plans for getting more revenue. But we also mentioned at this time, we don't really have much money to make these upgrades. And that's kind of what we talked about in that first was, um, what should we do to get investors? Um, kind of just talking to them about the fact that we needed money in order to kind of go forward with our goals. So right. that was, yeah, if you wanted to go into that. Yeah, often. yeah. Um, and also too, like, if there's anybody out there that's, that's either thinking, you know, um, I'm going to take a little bit more of a, uh, not necessarily, I, I hate the word passive just because it's so, it, it, it sounds, you know, if you call anybody passive aggressive, it's kind of a derogatory thing. But like at the same time, we didn't really realize that that was almost the approach that we were taking. We were, um, 
we were able to get the app working fully end to end in the first couple months. Obviously, when we started out, there was definitely quite a, a handful of bugs that we were able to um, thankfully fix pretty fast. And then we were at a point where now we were like, okay, let's use this in Genesee County. And then there was there was almost like no plans because we we thought that maybe it's not the time or we just didn't realize when the time was to then continue to expand and expand almost at such an aggressive rate that we didn't realize that that was smart at the time. Um, but this call, I mean, talk about collective criticism. If you can't take collective criticism, um, it's it's going to be very difficult in any any field. I mean, if you're if you're even working, you know, let's, let's say you're in, 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 uh, in accountant or something and, you know, your boss comes to your desk and, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying, obviously there's some bosses out there that are just going to yell at you and they're just not a good boss. Like they, they just want what, what they want done at the time they want it. And, you know, just because that you want to do it your way, it's just never the right way. But there's also, I, I truly believe there's definitely a ton of people out there that are running companies that are going to be stern, that are going to be um, trying their best to give you criticism, but it, it has to be taken as collective criticism and you have to learn from that. Um, and if, if we were, I, I truly think, I mean, if we were to take this call and really like take it in a negative way and keep our minds closed, then we would have probably gotten off the call and been like, man, we we're not doing good. Like this, I don't even know if this is going to work. Like what, what are we doing? But it was almost like we, we completely took it as collective criticism and it really, really made us think on like all of the things that we, we looked back definitely. And we realized like, okay, maybe, maybe we can go a little bit more aggressive or, or definitely, I mean, we set goals that are going to be much more aggressive now because we realized we're, we're we were at that point all along once those bugs were fixed and the app was working and now we have it out there and we have a list of things that we want to make it better why didn't we go from it, you know, why didn't we go for the expansion at that point? And we didn't really realize, I mean, entrepreneurship is, is a, it's a map that is not filled out. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it, it's a book with, with blank pages that you have to write. So that was, that's kind of the hardest part about it. And that's why mentorship is so beneficial. It's so crucial. I mean, it's, it's the most necessary thing I think you need um, especially as young entrepreneurs. Um, I mean, we started this when Rob was 18, I was 19. Now he's 19, I'm 20. I mean, we're still super young. It's a year later, but it's like, you know, we, we didn't go through this. We've never been through this. We don't really know anybody super personally, like in our family, like we didn't grow up with a, a big business, you know, that our dad was running or our parents were running or something that we just kind of like lived it from a young age. It was not like that at all. And I know a lot of people especially probably listening right now and everyone, uh, most, most entrepreneurs, they start with nothing, you know, no knowledge, no, no resources, no connections, but it's really all about getting those, those connections and getting those, um, mentorships to you, to get that collective criticism to kind of show you and push you in the right direction. I think that this was like one of our most pivotal, not pivotal, but most beneficial calls that really showed us like, like we're, we're, we're at the point that we didn't like, we didn't think, or we didn't know that we were at. So it's like having that really showed us, um, you know, that, that it's time to take the next step and it's time to, uh, you know, 
jump to those higher fruits. I mean, that was, that was actually, I keep quoting that, but like, uh, you know, Randy over the phone, he said, you guys have picked the, the low hanging fruits. And now it's, it's that it's kind of funny to think back, like, you know, we thought we've put in a lot of work. We thought we've put in a lot of time and effort and, and resources, but um, you know, that was almost like the easy part. It's just getting it out there. And now it's like really showing what we have to offer of the mission behind the company and how we're going to impact people. And now it's really time. Now it's kind of go time. Um, and so that's, that's what I took from it. Um, I don't know if you want to. Yeah. And I was going to say um, one thing that we kind of talked with RJ a lot about during the meeting is um, we were at the, the capacity where we could be in maybe like 15, 20 counties by now. Um, I mean, the apps being able to be downloaded anywhere in the world. Um, we obviously have limitations on who can download it. So that way we don't have people working in California when we're not ready to um, pay for their insurance in California, everything like that. But basically the big message that um, we kind of told him and we had failed to realize at first is we could be a lot bigger and farther around Michigan than we are right now. And I think it all came down to us trying to focus so hard on um, converting our old clients, not our old clients, but our original clients who had used the phone system over to the app instead of saying, hey, let's keep the phone system open for these clients so that way we can continue supporting them, continue offering services for them. And at the same time, instead of focusing on the app in the same area, let's start going to Oxford, um, which is a, a community by us, or Grand Blank or Fenton. Um, all these different communities around us, we could have gone to them, but instead we kind of um, almost had like a closed-minded look at it where we're like, okay, let's try and stay in Genesee County. Let's get this um, really established in Genesee County. But we kind of failed to realize our company is already pretty established in Genesee County. I mean, um, like I said earlier, we had 350 clients that were already using us over the phones that supported us, that enjoyed using us um, for our services. And when we talked to RJ, he really was, um, I mean, like Austin said, he told us like, you guys are picking the low hanging fruits right now. Like you're trying to market to a consumer base that um, already uses you uh, over the phone. And if you guys want to grow and if you guys more importantly want to stay alive as a business and make a profit and continue putting money into the app so it can continue growing, you need to set your, fights, your, set your sights farther than Genesee County. And uh, that was a huge realization that we had. So um, that pretty much leads us up to um, that meeting was only a couple of days ago. Um, right now, like I said, it's uh, January 12th. When we go, when we went through that meeting, when we got off the phone, our initial reactions are both the same. We were like, man, that was an awesome meeting because we had just been criticized. We'd just been told, um, basically, you guys got to you guys got to change what you're doing or you guys aren't going to make it. You guys are going to fail, basically. And we took that, um, like Austin said, in the, in the best way to take it as um, basically a positive because RJ, um, he's one of those guys who will tell you it straight up and it shows that he really does care about the success of our company. And it kind of made us realize like, all right, let's set our sights beyond Genesee County. Um, we're not going to forget about our clients there, but let's see what we can do to really start growing as a company and actually get, get off to a good start. So um, like I said, that kind of leads up to where we are right now. And Austin, if you, if you want to go into basically our, our big vision that we kind of had, um, a little realization a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, we, we made a list that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, we made a big, we, list. we made a list, uh, essentially that of a lot of the things that we've talked about, um, in the past, you know, ever since the beginning, I mean, uh, 
uh, one of one of the biggest things that comes to my head is is TikTok. I mean, everybody that's listening right now knows about TikTok, and we've been thinking from the very beginning. It's like we know um, that you know we're we're reaching out on social medias to our our client base, um, but it's like Rob said, it's almost like that closed minded approach that we were taking um, because we were focused so much on the original people. And that's, which is awesome. I mean, you have to be extremely focused on your consumer base, but our consumer base could have been at so much of a larger scale um, that we would have also focused the same amount or more efforts on. Um, And so with that being said, you know, like I kind of alluded to it, um, you know, a little bit back in one of my other spiels about, uh, you know, it being the right time. And I, I truly believe just, I mean, after that phone call, it's like, there's never really the right time. Nobody's ever going to say, you know, the time is now. I mean, this is the perfect time to do it. In reality, yes, timing is, is super crucial. I mean, you look at all like the huge companies, you look at Amazon. I mean, they were literally like coming up on the biggest uh, internet age of all time. I mean, kind of similar with Microsoft um, and all of those other companies that came up around 2008 when technology was really just exploding. Um, Timing is super, super critical with any business, but also you'll never really know if, if you wait, it's almost like timing the the stock market, you know, it's never going to happen. You're never going to really time it so perfectly that you're going to come out that much further ahead. Um, So if you don't, if you don't start, if you can take this from it, I guess, um, you know, if you don't start right now, then it's either you're, you're going to start at some point more than likely with anything in life. And it, with us, it's, it's the expansion and um, really putting the company out there that we, in, in showing ourselves and in, in the company to the world that we know it should be out there. Um, but we were kind of dragging our feet in the sense where um, we were a little nervous that we didn't know if we were ready. We didn't know if the app was developed enough. Uh, we didn't know if we were, you know, financially there with the resources, but, um, I think really going for it and taking the big risk, um, that we already kind of took by just starting a company and anybody that's listening, you know, anybody, I'm super proud of you, whoever started a company already. I mean, you're taking an extraordinary risk that a lot of people aren't willing to take. Um, and with that being said, you don't just take one risk when you start a company, you have to take many risks throughout the company, um, in order to, first of all, stay alive, like Rob said, you know, stop the bleeding. I mean, bleeding in a company, you, whoever's listening, you'll, you'll definitely come up, uh, basically have knowledge of that term. Um, when you start to experience a lot of resources going out the window, just to stay alive, that's, that's essentially the terminology behind, um, a bleeding company. And with that being said, it's, it's finding the bandages and then, um, you know, being able to really push the company ahead and, the only way to do that is to take the biggest risk that you could possibly think of. And once you're, you, you really truly believe that you're there, then you have to go for it. And I think a lot of times that's going to come with kind of like in our experiences, it's going to come with um, those setbacks in those, those conversations that we've had recently um, that's going to push us and, and kind of not necessarily push us, but it's going to really make us think about, have we not made the decisions that we should have already? Um, you know, are we waiting too long? Are we being too passive? 
And uh, that's why I keep saying that over and over again, how important um, mentorships or just, you know, bouncing conversations off of somebody, somebody that's either interested in your company or interested in your success, um, because you can really learn a lot and they can really show you, you know, and nudge you in the right direction to take that risk. And I think that's, like I said, the, the long list that we have of, of goals and, and things we're going to go for in 2022. Um, it's really going to show us and all of you listeners and everybody that's following gas money and, and, you know, will follow gas money in the future on, you know, if, if this company is really something that can make a difference. And obviously we truly believe that um, anybody that starts a business truly believes that their company can make a difference in the world uh, because, why do you start a company to solve a problem? Um, and, and you, you know, to solve something that you see or to make it easier for somebody, um, for your, your customer and to add value to the world. So that's, that's what we, um, you know, finally realized that it's not just the value that we want to add to Genesee County. It's the value that we want to put out there to everyone. So now, um, I think that's the biggest thing on the list is to really put it out there as much as we possibly can and to see, you know, what we can do, uh, from here. And I guess uh, to give you guys a final, a final plan of our goals for 2022, um, and a lot of these goals and uh, plans came from came from that meeting with RJ and um, even with the meeting with Annette. Um, it just kind of really told us that we got to take a different route, or if uh, if we keep staying on that passive pathway, like Austin was saying, that um, I don't know if we'll be able to make it. So um, basically, what our plan is is very it's not necessarily aggressive, but it's definitely. Um, putting ourselves out there to the world. So first of all, um, we're not going to forget about the clients in Genesee County. We're uh, definitely planning on keeping the phones open. Um, like Austin said, we're going to have that feature added to the app where um, we can get a phone call, um, enter everything manually into the app. And that way, the contractors who are all tech savvy, all like using the app can still use the app for all their jobs. But then we don't have to use two different softwares. Um, and the clients can just use whichever method they prefer. So um, that's our plan for now, um, especially in Genesee County and the surrounding counties that we're going to start kind of moving outwards to. But more importantly, um, with our with our goal to start changing lives all around the nation, all around the world, is we're going to we're going to start using TikTok as a platform to not sell gas money to people, not convince people to download the gas money app, um, but more to tell our story, um, kind of like we're doing in the podcasts, um, kind of like we've been doing with the, the different YouTube videos and presentations. Um, we believe our story is inspirational to other people our age, because honestly, if I was a student at a high school and I listened to the presentation we gave, or um, I just needed some advice for either entrepreneurship or for careers or for anything in life, um, these things that we talk about in our goals with gas money and saying um, how beneficial entrepreneurship can be, um, allowing these people and um, um, young adults, more than more importantly, these young adults to learn about the importance of communication skills, leadership skills, um, everything like that in life. We want to make sure we can get that message out to as many people as possible. And I know we've talked about, um, Austin and I have talked about going on TikTok for a while now, but there's always that fear that we're going to get backlash. You know, if we make a couple of videos about, hey, we're we're um, two young adults who just started a business. Um, we launched this app. Hopefully it'll come to a city near you soon. But in the meantime, um, we have merch that's available if you guys want to support us. Um, also check out our podcast, check out our YouTube so you guys can understand our story. And that's kind of our plan with it. But in any company that puts themselves out there to the world, um, there's always that chance for backlash. And I think that's been a major factor in us kind of 
being very hesitant to go on TikTok or any app like that where there's a viral potential. And we kind of realized like, hey, if we're just transparent with people and we, we, uh, we make it known that we truly have good intentions with gas money and we truly want to change the world for the better, sure, there's going to be haters. But if we can respond to those people um, that maybe say that gas money is stupid, that say the app doesn't work good, that say we're just in it for the money and tell them that no, um, you might have those opinions, but we truly think we can help you learn to use this app. We truly think that you can get behind our story. And more importantly, the more that we grow and the more that gas money grows, the more people we can impact on a positive level. So um, that's kind of how we're, we're planning to handle anybody that may not agree with us. And um, we're kind of welcoming any opinion, um, whether it's positive, negative, um, neutral, any, anybody that can give us some word about gas money will only help us make the app better, make the company better and uh, make the brand better. And that's really something that we haven't really been getting from um, our current clients and contractors, because um, frankly, a lot of them are our friends. And oftentimes it's hard to tell your friends that um, if there's a feature they don't like on the app, or if there's something that they don't like about you or the company, um, generally they'll keep it to themselves because they don't want to um, potentially impact the friendship, um, maybe say something that wouldn't sit right with somebody. But Austin and I, um, especially with the friends we have right now and everything, we've kind of realized that transparency is one of the biggest things um, when it comes to business, when it comes to relationships. And that's exactly what we're planning on doing is um, being as transparent as possible and um, really kind of spreading our eggs in multiple baskets instead of putting all of our focus into the app like we have been, um, putting more focus into uh, educational educational speeches and videos like that presentation that we did or um, a podcast where we interview a successful business person or um, selling merch that has uh, motivational slogans on them. There's so many different avenues we can go with this company that will help benefit people. And up until today and up until the last couple of weeks, we've only been focusing on the app and getting people on the app. And I think, um, like I said, that meeting that we had with RJ and Austin's aunt really helped us see that we have a lot more potential with this company to make a positive impact. And up until now, we haven't been, uh, we haven't been keeping our eggs spread out. We've had them all in one basket. So um, exactly. yeah, I guess Austin, if you had anything to add before we uh, close the podcast up. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, you said it really good. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, we, we truly believe like Rob said, um, you know, this company, we, we've, we've had the conversations and we've made, you know, had the podcast and, and, um, you know, we know the brand so personally because we, we built this and we saw, um, the opportunity that we built for ourselves with, with the experiences, with the, the skills that we were able to create for ourselves. And that's, you know, when, whenever you have any hardships, whenever you have a hard time going to that next level in your company, remember why you started, remember, um, you know, what made you think that this could add value to somebody else's life or to, to, you know, even just one other person that you didn't know that was across the world and you could impact them in a positive way. That, that is a, one of the huge reasons why we started a company like this, um, as far as, you know, impacting as many people as we can with the opportunities that we want to create for as many people as possible. So um, I think now, like Rob said, um, definitely our next goals and steps are much more aggressive than not like, like you said, aggressive is kind of a, a harsh word to say, but much more um, 
impactful uh, on on the company and hopefully on the world um, with with the company's mission and with our goals for the company. So uh, that's that's where we want to go with gas money. And that's uh, that's our plan. So, well, thank you guys, um, first of all, for listening and, uh, you know, listening to us ramblon at some points. You know, I'm I'm definitely uh, one to do that. But um, any anybody that listens, we just hope like like we keep saying, you know, that we can impact you um, or somebody that, you know, or somebody that's that's out there that has heard of us or has seen our story. Um, and that's what we continue to do is is to um, live this story and as transparent as possible and, and spread the word as much as we possibly can um, to build up the youth so that, you know, the next generations um, of the workforce and, and the next generations to build the economy uh, to, to make the world prosperous can, can be as, as prosperous and as, uh, as ready for that with, with as much character as they can. Um, and, and if we can be somewhat of a part of that, then that's, that's definitely an amazing thing. So um, that, that's our goal. And uh, thank you guys for listening. If you want to wrap it up, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, thank you guys a lot. And like Austin said, um, our main goal with gas money is just to, to do anything we can to make a difference in this world. And um, this the whole point of this podcast today, um, I know we kind of went all over the place. Uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. And uh, frankly, it's it's been a while since we've done one of these podcasts. And um, we actually have a goal for this year to do at least a podcast every two weeks, um, probably going to be more than that. And uh, just keep you guys updated, come out with new motivational stuff, um, hopefully a lot more speeches at schools and high schools. And um, if anything, uh, we, we just hope that you guys can get some motivation, no matter what age you are, whether you're one of our clients, um, whether you're one of our contractors, or you're somebody who's never heard of gas money before and just wants some advice for life or entrepreneurship or business. Um, we hope that we can tap into all of these different, um, different characters, these demographics and uh, impact everybody on a positive level. So um, that's our goal with gas money. We've got huge, huge ambitions for this year. Um, we're hoping to get known um, by a lot, lot more people, um, sell a lot more merch, um, kind of just spread our word, but more importantly, impact as many people as we can. So um, like Austin said, thank you guys for listening. We always have, we always love having you guys listen to us. Um, right now, we're obviously not at that many um, listeners. I think maybe we've got like 10 to 20 weekly um, people that listen to us are recurring listeners, not weekly since we haven't been putting out weekly podcasts, but um, we're hoping to, we're hoping to start getting some growth and any growth that we get. Um, we'll look back to this podcast. We'll look back to podcasts before this, where we're even smaller than we are right now. And um, it's all about motivation and proving to yourself and proving to others that you can really do anything you put your mind to. So um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Um, stay tuned for new podcasts coming in the future. We've got a lot of big plans for 2022. And always, as we always say at the end of the podcast, go get that gas. Go get money. that gas money. <laughs>